0: Hello, good morning and welcome to NFL Only Better. I'm Betfair's Kieran O'Connor, joined as always by John Bath and by Mike Carlson after what was a hugely, hugely exciting weekend in the NFL. Uh, San Francisco 49ers bounced back, the Bengals did what the Bengals did and after Mike said that the Bills were terrible... They went out and kind of played a bit <laughs> terrible, Mike.
1: And... They certainly did. Yeah, but they should have won that game. I mean, they, know, they
0: should have won. <laughs> they yeah, should have won. They,
1: my Iron, Iron Mike's take of the week was basically the best play in football nowadays is to send your receiver deep and under throw it because you're almost <laughs> guaranteed to get a deep a defensive pass interference penalty. And that's, that's basically what decided the game. Um, and, uh, you know, there's not much you can do. And I've been brutal on Talon Johnson, you know, the, the hold every play kind of uh, defensive back for Buffalo who got away with the monstrous one, you know, against the giants. But when the receiver you know, when you're not tracking the ball because you're chasing the receiver who's beaten you by two yards, and when he then slows up, you <laughs> yeah. there's nothing you can do. You know, you and he actually tried. To not knock the guy over by putting his hands out, but that got him the interference call. And yeah, I remember when the Buff- when the Baltimore Ravens used to do this all the time with Joe Flacco and Torrey Smith, you know, it was like Torrey Smith would run 90 yards downfield, Joe Flacco would throw the ball 85 yards downfield, and they would get a flag every time. But, you know, um, to, to lose a game because you have 12 guys. The field when, when the opposing kicker misses a field goal.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The script writers won there. And John, uh one from uh the weekend, six games ended with walk-off field goals. That's never happened in the in the history six of the games. NFL. I didn't realize six it was that many games yeah. walk-off field goals. A lot of exciting games
2: yeah there there certainly was uh yeah the my cleveland brands did pretty well they got a, a nice victory on the road against the team that i had spent much of last week's podcast calling the best <laughs> in the nfl
1: you weren't alone we you. were we were pumping up baltimore and cincinnati last week would you like, to know, lost at
0: home? <laughs> would you like to know a little stat about about that right okay. so this came up on uh good morning football on, on the the nfl network so The least time trailing first 10 games of the seasons in the last 40 seasons, the 2023 Baltimore Ravens are third on Uh. that list all time. They have trailed for 28 minutes and 46 seconds this season and are seven and three. They have lost three games where they've come, up to, where they've trailed for a combined of around an average of
2: ten minutes. Less well, than even minutes. better, that than is that. insane. In, in, in the Cleveland game, they were winning that game for fifty-nine minutes and twenty seconds of game time. <laughs> Cleveland were winning for 40s or they were tied or winning for forty seconds because they gave away that pick six in like the opening. Was it the opening pass? I can't remember the opening drive at least, anyway. And uh, yeah, they managed to pull it back somehow. Yeah, but yeah. losing, and I mentioned this
0: about. Um, the Bengals to a a colleague of mine here who works in Fair is a massive Bengals fans that, um, and I think I mentioned about Spurs as I'm a Spurs fan, I got the Spurs hoodie on today, that being unlucky can become contagious. Oh yeah. um, And it can seep into a team as it has for Spurs for decades. (laughs) So the Ravens would want to cut this shit out, Mike.
1: Yeah. um, It was interesting. One of my favorite quotes of the weekend. And I, I, never note who the color commentators are because half the time I'm not paying any attention, but there was justice Hill went, had a nice run for a touchdown was called back for a hold, which was a very ticky tacky kind of hold. And the commentator said, well, that's debatable, but it is a hold. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true. I mean, it, it sounds funny, but it's actually true because the guy was doing what everyone basically does on virtually every play. You know, there exactly, was nothing, yeah. nothing egregious about it. Yeah, usually yeah. they, yeah, usually they only call, you know, holds when you pull the jersey or or you get the guy around the neck or something like that but um yeah it was it was um that was second only to the guy who said they do impact your team when you have key players impact mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i thought mm. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs>
2: <Okay. well
0: done. laughs> we're going to get on to a quick chat on the afc very quickly mike i want to give a little bit of a right to right to reply here because uh, last week in, in the show you slightly <laughs> mentioned about kyler murray coming back and we were discussing it and in it, you you implied that they might move on from him. And that drew some attention from some people who listened to the show, contacted me and said, well, he went on. To, I know that we're going back a bit there, right? But hold on. So Kyler Murray, right, if you give me 30 <laughs> seconds, right, he went undefeated in a Texas high school football with a 42-0 and record. He was the first player to win Mr. Mm-hmm. Texas football twice. First player to be selected to the Under Armour All-American game in both baseball and football. Drafted ninth in the MLB, wins a Heisman, gets drafted first overall in the NFL. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's over 100 touchdowns and a playoff appearance with the goddamn Cardinals. He recovers from a torn ACL and picks up right back where he left off. Why would they trade him?
1: Oh, they might get a really good offer from a high school baseball team in Texas that they just they just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't the turn time. down. But why would they trade him? Um, because his, his limitations are have been exposed basically um, season after season. Now I know he's the de facto general manager after having negotiated his contract and and then sort of skipped out on it and, and gotten rid of the clause that says he has to look at tape as part of his contract to be a quarterback in the national football league. But um, you remember what they did. They drafted Josh Rosen, and then they got rid of him the very next year along with the coach who was in his first year as a coach steve wilks so it's not past the cardinals to to do something like that and if if jonathan gannon thought that murray was not quite what he what he wanted they might do now the problem is that his contract would would probably Uh, scare off a lot of a lot of people but i said that thinking they would not rush him back because Mm -hmm. they they didn't want to hurt his trade value but then it occurred to me afterwards i should have considered if they were planning on trading him or trying to they Mm -hmm. would want to let him play in order to showcase him you know to to show teams Mm -hmm. he was still but but, i mean i don't know any anything about this one way or the other so you know it may be that they wanted to go but you saw kyler murray the strengths and weaknesses of his game in that game, and he basically won the game with a an amazing kind of you know great circle route scramble that got
0: a, the, circle.
1: a key a key thirteen yards and and a first down. But the limitations of the game are basically working from the pocket. He's not you know that great. Well, he
0: is five ten.
1: Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's that's part of the that's part of the problem. For a he's the, yeah, he's the mayor of Munchkinland, and <laughs> the problem is the problem is that most of the NFL is not Munchkinland. <laughs> you know, Baker Mayfield has the same difficulty you know at times and you know you, you almost want to run him on a moving pocket so that he can you know find alleys alleys yeah. to see through and uh, he had good success with arizona but you know the team would fade late in the season his team's the better defensive teams concentrated on keeping him in the pocket which is
2: it, yeah um, i think ahead, the other son. part of the argument as well is that the cardinals are two and eight i think at least on the year so far and, uh, you know, that's putting them up there for a high draft pick next year. And obviously a lot of teams are going kind to of play in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes to kind of position themselves to be high up the draft to get him. There'll be probably, probably five teams have realistic aspirations of, of being the first pick at the moment. And, uh, like, I don't think we're necessarily having this conversation about getting rid of Kyler Murray. If they're 5-5 five and five on the year or if they're 4-6 and six or 6-4, six and four, they would probably just keep going as it stands. But uh, I think... Right. You know, the, it's
1: an interesting no, paradox. We'll, we'll if move on if, on from if they were 5-5 five and five without him... I'd be more inclined to get rid of it. Yeah, because
0: we'll move on. But the the reality is he wasn't there. He hasn't been there for all this. And people, Cardinals fans, should remember the dumpster fire that the place was before he arrived. And he got into a playoff. Now, maybe he didn't perform very well in that playoff game. And there is a bit of that. And there's been questions over his attitude. But... You can't really say they're they're two and eight or or sorry you know what that, happened to his head just...
1: coach his head coach who who insisted they get rid of Rosen and bring him in what where's Cliff Kings, Kingsbury
0: now <laughs>
1: dumpster fire did someone say
0: I said <laughs> dumpster fire yeah He's okay. a high school
2: baseball team somewhere in the Midwest yeah.
0: <laughs> the AFC, gentlemen, before we look at the live games, massive game, of course, Monday Night Football, want to give it time. The AFC, we want to touch on it, right? And and we'll touch on San Francisco and we'll touch on Bengals and we'll touch on the Bills firing their coach because Josh Allen can't throw a ball. Um, <laughs> but this touches on it, right? The AFC right now, Chiefs seven and two, Ravens seven and three, Jags six and three, Dolphins six and three, Steelers six and three, Brown six and three, Texans five and four, Bengals five and four, Bills five and five, Colts five and five, Raiders five and five, chargers four and five, Jets four and five, Broncos four and five. I'll just scroll down, Mike. Patriots two and eight. Yeah, right at the bond. <laughs> let, let me give you a scenario. If the Jets beat the Bills next week and the Raiders beat the Dolphins next week, then the Jets versus Dolphins on the following Friday is for first place in the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> explain to me you know when we did the, the, the thing Mike the, the mid-season NS season preview or the, the beginning of the season preview we said there's a lot of uh mediocre-ish teams in the NFC and they're going to battle, but there's like some really good teams in the AFC, but 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 it's it's slightly not worked out at that at the moment, although maybe someone could argue it has because they keep beating each other. But there's no standout thing happening. This is crazy. These this is like the whole of the AFC could be in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: well they won't be but um yeah I mean the biggest thing that's happened in in the AFC and and when you compare it there's only there's only um what is it six teams with winning records in the NFC you know and and that's but it's it's kind of almost as predicted there um but what's happened here is that buffalo and cincinnati have both underperformed what what we thought they might do i think you can argue that cleveland and pittsburgh have overperformed um you know given that deshaun watson was out um and and actually the jury is still out on whether deshaun is actually deshaun or not but you know pittsburgh is six and three and they've been outscored outgained gained by their opponents in every single game they've played
0: <laughs> Pittsburgh you know, haven't we- won a game this year the team's playing them lost. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: a good it's a good way to to express it so basically i mean that to me is Is the is the difference Um, and the balance in this in the north has been kind of a surprise, but but not a shock because the north is always full of teams that give each other hard times, you know, Uh, and Kansas City hasn't been effective as we thought they would be either, you know, their offense has been underwhelming. Yet yeah, they're
2: still top of the standings.
1: Yeah, and their defense has carried them through to a to a seven and two record, which is again why the game we will talk about last is such a big is such a big game this week. But
0: well, we can talk about it first. We can we can move it. We might even do that because it is such a big game. But John, well, just it, on the it, AFC, it's kind
1: of like we're building up to a big finish, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Well the big finish <laughs> is usually short. <laughs> I, I, I Speak for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. um, the AFC, like it's 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 a strange one, isn't it, John? I mean, it's it's highly enjoyable for us it, from a betting perspective. It's a little tough because it seems like anything could happen. Um, yeah. Again, yeah, we definitely. saw it on Monday Night Football with the Broncos, you know, beating the Bills. I mean, that that yeah. all we know is that Dallas will flat track bully. I mean, if they face a team <laughs> that is worse than them, they will ha- hammer them. But other than that, that's all we
2: know. Basically, <laughs> the, uh, the um, I think yeah, I've not too much to add on, what, on top of what Mike said, I suppose, but like. It, Given the fact that the the Chiefs, like we said, are, are seven and two at the very very top of the AFC standings right now, and we have spent much of the last couple of shows on on this podcast talking about, well, like, they're good, but like they still have a few problems on the offense, and they're they're not a perfect team, and things like this. I guess there's a little bit more room for maneuver towards the summit of the AFC than we perhaps would have thought at the start of the season, and you're kind of seeing that with, like you say, Pittsburgh, and and like I mean, I think Cleveland are. Cleveland are sixth at the moment in the standings. And I think that's there thereabouts correct because the defense is very good and the offense stinks. So like, that's kind of where that would that would round up. Pittsburgh, like Mike said, getting out gained in every single game, being fifth. And like, you have teams like the Jaguars up there in third position. And So it's like, yeah, it's... it's. If anything, I think it's probably more exciting to see teams like the Buffalo Bills in, in 10th and the Bengals in 8th and stuff. And it just... It is. It, it, it is. Yeah, it it's creates hard a little bit more a uncertainty. Yeah, 100. Oh, like, One I mean, thing
0: when, when a team is on a roll, like we... We said the teams are on a roll. You can back them. Like as John knows, like I, I went in on the Bengals. I mean, I thought this team is on a roll. They're at home. They should win this game. I think they should have won the game. The Butterfingers <laughs> at the end will forever astound me. Like I'm sorry, I threw it right into your hands. I'll do better. Yeah, um, but no, like, let's, and, let's and, chat and about that's, them.
1: That's worrying because with T. Higgins out, Boyd needs to step up. You know, it takes a bigger
0: role, yeah. Because Jamar Chase, you can see, like, obviously, we know it's double coverage. Like, you can see it's it's pass interference and it's double coverage, and it's just a case of like Willie. Although he was left alone for one stage, just uh, out in the wilderness for a huge touchdown. What we'll do is we'll do Thursday night and then we'll do Monday night and then we'll do Sunday. How does that okay. sound? Yes. Uh, Thursday night football, big games. For once, we can say it. It's not going to be snooze fest. Statistically, it's almost guaranteed to go under because every Thursday night game for the rest of all time will now be an under <laughs> as it is by the NFL. But the Bengals are at the Ravens. It's 17 to 10 about the Bengals. The Ravens are 1 to 2. 3.5 is the spread. i reminder: reminded the Bengals are the favourites at the Ravens. And forty six points is the spread. What? I reiterate that, Michael. No, that's not
1: so. At oh, sorry, B- it's the Bengals. The Bengals. Yes, the, Bengals the Bengals are getting three and a half. Yeah.
0: yeah. Would you have said that a couple of weeks ago? Because we were like third. The Bengals were third. Sorry for the AFC Championship. Ravens were about sixth or seventh for the AFC Championship game. It's really flipped, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, and um, absolutely. And there's there are questions about Baltimore because. Um, Ronnie Stanley got hurt during during the Browns game, which meant they were playing with both their backup tackles, which is not an excuse for the Ravens against Cleveland, since Cleveland were started the game with both of their backup tackles. So I mean that was that was fair, but but the more serious loss was Marlon Humphrey in the in the secondary. Um Deshaun Watson, after Humphrey's injury, went 14 for 14 after pretty much not completing a pass during the first half, unless he absolutely had to. Um, so I, I think. I think Baltimore, you would normally think Baltimore at home on the short week in this game um would would be at least three and a half favorite, you know, um when you think when you think about mm-hmm. the home field advantage on, on the short week. But without their tackles there, you would you would give Cincinnati an edge except that Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson are both going to be out for Cincinnati. So both their defensive ends and their two best pass rushers are out. So I think this all kind of evens up. And and I sort of like the Ravens by three. You know, if I were really, yeah, if you're really daring, you might take the three and a half and, and figure it's going to be a field goal game and you're going to win. But I wouldn't be surprised to watch that go down by, front by Saturday.
0: Mm, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure it will 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 John what, what do you think Do you think it's a different conversation If You know That catch is caught By the Bengals With you know 30 seconds to go And they go up by four Which meant the Texans Would have had to have Scored a uh,
2: touchdown To win to yeah, the like- game Almost certainly like this is by by nature that these kind of kind of conversations are very reactionary and that's the sort of thing that could have changed the scope of this podcast and exactly how we kind of talk about this game coming up on Thursday night. Um, But like, I don't think just going to to Baltimore for a second, given that, you know, I was singing the praises last week, last week on the show. I don't think you can read too much sometimes into, a, you know, a division loss against a, a rival team that you play twice a year. You know, sometimes, like, it was only about five or six weeks ago that the Ravens put 30-something points on the Browns. So, like, I mean, granted, personnel has changed, and as Mike said correctly, the, the tackles are out, and the, you know, but all sorts of teams face those sort of trials and tribulations at the course of the season. I think the big thing to look at when you're kind of judging this game from a betting, from the market kind of standpoint, is that I, I think the key point is that the Bengals... On the road, uh, but generally speaking, they haven't been great defending the run. And like, look, the Ravens are one of the only real, true, pure run-first offenses in the in the National Football League. So I think that's where they're going to jut in, and that's when they're going to they're make their inroads into this game. The three and a half is an interesting one. I agree with kind of Mike's perception on this as well. But I'm going with I. I, I think Baltimore win this one. Certainly, like if you if you scale down through the through the different bets available, money line Ravens win. I'd be fairly confident on that. Three and a half. Slightly less confident, but I also agree, Kieran, what you said about the over under forty six is a pretty high one for this one, and on a short week, you know, sometimes you can see that the, the offense is being a little bit more sluggish than than otherwise. So I'd be fairly, you know, I'd be looking towards the under forty six in in this game.
0: Okay, okay. Um,
1: let's you, do know, the big only, one. you know we ought to have a bet where you take the game plus ten to go over. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can kind have of, you can do that kind of like last of last Monday, if you'd done that, you would have lost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like they, I gotta say, the Monday night football game went under. Oh, so last thur- Thursday, I meant not Monday. Yeah, yeah, well, sorry, but Thursday's always going on. Yeah, the yeah. Monday yeah. night the Monday game, game went, went under by a point. By a point. Yeah, uh, I remember thinking, God, I can't believe another under mm. in a big game like that. <laughs> and I really thought that that would be, you know, because... Say what you want about the Broncos, Russell Wilson. He's already, uh, I think he's already thrown more passes this season than he did in the whole of last season. So he, he, they, they have, after being kind of mocked and mocked by us a lot last season, and even yeah. at the start of the season, they have kind of got a little bit of momentum going. It'll be interesting well, to see. Russ, going.
1: Russ had a kind of Gardner Minshew game. You know, it, it was like the whole game. The Patriots in Frankfurt. The Patriots had Minshew trapped on almost every back, drop back, and they never. <laughs> and the same thing was happening to russell i mean he did get sacked a few times by by buffalo but basically buffalo had him pinned down most of the time and he was then scrambling out of trouble and you know the big the big interference call he threw that ball just threw it up with somebody right in his face uh, about to be about to be sacked
0: Uh, at least the patriots can't get beat this weekend mike
1: i wouldn't be so sure I, I think They'll i'm taking i'm taking the buy plus three
0: <laughs> uh, before we do the big game um i suppose mike as, as someone with your ear to the ground of this at times like the, the the reports uh it's getting louder about bill finishing up at the end of the year
1: well you know i, I still think that that's going to have to be his decision you know i mean it could be that bob Kraft makes him an offer he can't refuse but but big picturing it, I, I can't see Kraft wanting to be the guy who fires Bill Belichick mm-hmm. um, in the same sense that Art Modell, you know, should have not wanted to be the guy who fires Paul Brown um, and then fires <laughs> Bill Belichick. Um, so I, I kind of look at it that way. But but what's really I wrote a long piece on, on my on my um Patreon column about it last week, and then watched the game, and and then watched them cut Jack Jones on Monday when they came back from from Frankfurt, and it just seems to me that the my way or the highway stuff isn't working with this bunch, partly because they're not talented enough, which is primarily the GM Bill Belichick's fault, um, and partly because for whatever reason, you know, I, I joked and I, I meant it half seriously. He wants to pass Paul Brown next. Uh, sorry, he wants to pass George Hallis next for most wins, and he seems to be doing it using George Hallis's offense from 1952. Um, and I don't think that's the way to do it.
0: Well, actually, and I'm, and I'm, I'm very quickly on this, Mike. Very quickly, if if the Patriots were to say to him, "Look, you need to go, and you need to just announce that it was your decision," and he does that, he does what you know, Bill would probably do. Um, do you think he would take a season and come back? or immediately get a new job or say, I am done.
1: He might immediately take a new job. I think, you know, there was an interesting piece in the Boston globe, an interview with Marv Levy, who's now 98 years old. And Levy talked about retiring at 71 because the team had had a six and 10 season and he didn't feel he was doing a good enough job. And he, and he couldn't run wind sprints with the players, which he had always done. And, Ralph Wilson, who was the owner of the bills, tried to persuade him to stay. Ralph Wilson, of course, like, like Kraft, was in his 80s. So, you know, a guy who's 71 or 72 seems like a kid to him. But he said two years later, he wanted desperately to come back. And, but no one was going to offer 70. I guess he was had turned 74 by that point or or would have turned 74 during the season. So if you you know, to no time one's again, he took out again, you offer him, football, but... yeah, offer him a job at that point. So, you know, if Bill really wants to keep coaching, it's either that or take the Wesleyan job, um,
0: and, uh, which, which you're in
1: line for as well. No, I've never been in line for it's, I have this way of just not being part of. The, the picture in these things but <laughs> but um yeah wesleyan by the way won the little three championship and then got creamed by trinity in their final game of the season 58 to 6 which kind of put a little dent in a in an obviously we
0: all knew that year. yeah we all saw that monday night football is a repeat of the super bowl philadelphia eagles take on the kansas city chief and could be the super bowl again who knows deja vu uh, 23 to 20 about the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs are 7 to 10. 2.5 is the spread, and the over under is 46.5. Jump up as it stands. Who is the better team heading into Monday night football?
2: As it's, that's a very good question, Kieran. And Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you've got a future in this, <laughs> but I think, um, listen, this is, mm-hmm. I, I mean, not to kind of judge the question, but I kind of see this as a bit of a coin toss to a, to a certain extent. Um, like both of these teams are coming into it with some sort of questions about them. Like they're they're still. I mean, the if you look at the standards we talked about at the top of the show, it's the top of the AFC versus the top of the NFC. But you're not looking at two off- or teams that are perhaps as well oiled as they might be. Uh, with the Chiefs, there's still a little bit of problems in the offense, and they've had some you know unusually low scoring games recently, particularly for a team with Patrick Mahomes uh, in control of the offense. And Eagles, for a team that has the best defense in the league on paper, just personnel-wise, hasn't really translated yet. They've got some great individual, like their top five, I'd say, or top seven at least anyway. But, you know, they're not quite the, the unit that they were on that side of the ball last year that brought this team to the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. Like the last time they played, obviously, in February, it was 38-35, so you're 70-plus points, and that's kind of reflected here in the over-under of 46-5 as of Tuesday evening, at least, anyway. Um so yeah, all of that said, I think this is one of those games where it might just come down to things like home field advantage, which the Chiefs obviously have. Um, but I mean, I wonder. I think as I'm just, I'm kind of convincing myself now. I, I sometimes reflexively pick the under in, in a lot of games, you know, as you said, Kieran. It's kind of paying off a lot this season too. But you know, I think. Sometimes Monday night football games under the lights, particularly a dark game, as in you know a game at nighttime. I think sometimes these games just have more points in them than others, uh, particularly for the afternoon on Saturday kickoffs. So I think I'd be looking at the over in this one quite optimistically. Um, but in terms of the um, the differences between the teams, it's 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 going to be uh you know it's a knife edge. I think when you say the last time they played, do you mean the Super Bowl? That's what I meant. Yeah. I said it. It's just the way it, you said it. I said in, it in just, February. In February. Yeah, time. you were like the last <laughs> time they played in February. Uh,
0: uh, someone called that the the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys did. You guys watch mm. that game? Did you did you tune into that? I heard Rihanna was great. Um, <laughs> Mike, yeah, look, the the last time they played obviously was the Super Bowl and it was a great Super Bowl actually and and a a really high-scoring one for people who like that but lots of really good intricate plays. It was tight. Uh, It obviously had that pass interference call at the end. You can agree, you can disagree. I had the Eagles and the Overbacks, so I massively disagreed with it. Um, (laughs) Halftime show was good. I mean, it had everything. So, like, will they repeat it?
1: It's a good question. I mean in that case it was juju wasn't it that who took advantage of bradbury in man coverage you know they they basically uh formationed him to get him in man coverage and then ran juju across the field and they did that a couple of times and bradbury got away with one hold and, and then had a second that was that was a different juju smith schuster to the one who currently is playing in new england and can't line up properly and can't catch a ball and, and various other problems but um Philadelphia to me is the best balanced team in the league in other words they they're strong offensively they're strong defensively they they're very strong up front on both sides of the ball which which is why they they're 8 and 1 this season and i think they haven't been as impressive as they were last season you know basically in the way that they're winning games whereas the chiefs have been pulling them out primarily with defense you know, and and it's not Patrick Mahomes giving him a lead and letting the defense tee off on on the other team's passer. Um, so, I wonder here if the weak point of the Kansas City line, which which has been they've been vulnerable offensive line wise um up the middle and if they i don't know if they can establish themselves that way against the eagles and if it, if it comes down to a game where patrick Mahomes has to throw then the, the eagles are pretty good at, at putting putting the rush on uh so to me the key to this game is probably the eagles not going into a hole sorry the um the uh, chiefs not going into a hole early and you know, that's something that they do sometimes. And usually Mahomes bails them out, you know, fairly quickly, but this year he doesn't have the receivers to do that, you know, and, and if they take away Kelsey, which for them will be a bit of a challenge um, in a second level kind of coverage. But if you take away Kelsey or even just contain him, they don't really have a game breaker there to, to make you worry. You know, there's no, there's no yeah. other receiver that, that you, that you need to double cover uh which makes it a bit easy for a team that wants to play a lot of zone um you know and, and get away with it. I, I love this game. I you know I this is the maybe the first Monday night game I stay up and watch uh you know rather than watch the 40 minute um later on. And um I think I I think I'm a little contrarian here and, and think it might be an under game. Ooh,
0: uh, okay. Yeah
1: that, that might be to me, the, the my best way of betting it the, the line has dropped two and a half. It was three, um, so I, I also think that's interesting because mm-hmm. you're basically saying for a team on the road at two at two and a half, you're basically saying it's a toss up game.
0: Okay, and of that toss up game, who will win?
1: It's a tough one. Uh, right now, I would say I would I would go with the Eagles.
2: Nice. I'll pick the Chiefs just in a in a money line toss-up. Uh, so I think if, I'll go with the
0: Eagles. as something very good to say in a country bar as well.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the 6 o'clock games, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be such a such yeah, a good, game. It's it's such a good game. We're just going to take a slight pause now because, of course, it is Safer Gambling Week taking place this very week. And here with a message from Betfair is actually myself who recorded this piece on Safer Gambling Week and some of the tools that you can use this week. At Betfair, we're all about owning your game. So... For Safer Gambling Week 2023, why not try out our handy online toolkit that really puts you in the driving seat and helps you stay on top of how much time and money you spend playing. It's no faff. You can easily add our tools to your account anytime you like because it's always good to buckle up before you bet. To the 6 o'clock games, gentlemen. Uh, Lots of really good games. Chargers at Packers, Titans at Jags, Raiders at Dolphins, Cowboys at Panthers, Cardinals at Texans, Steelers at Browns, Giants at Commanders, Bears at Lions... I mean, I said lots of good games there, and then I counted three that I would not watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, lots of a... games on Sunday. Right. Yeah. There was there was three where I was like, "God." <laughs> um, but uh, standout appears to be possibly Steelers at Browns eight to five. About the Steelers, the Browns are one to two four points is the spread. Thirty six point five is the over under. John, um, it's 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 the battle of the team that are winning and the team that are yeah they're winning, but you're like, mm, are they yeah.
2: winning? it's it's i mean i don't know i it's hard to figure out this this pittsburgh steelers team you just have to i suppose give a lot of credit to mike tomlin who's been there for god no what is he there 15 years or something at this point and it still never had a season below 500 despite having some pretty poor Steelers teams over that time you know um so great credit to him but I, you wonder is this the is this the game where their kind of luck runs out a little bit I know they're they're six and three in the years so they have been defeated and stuff but like yeah it's as Mike mentioned earlier on they've been outgained in every single game that they've played yet they've somehow pulled it out of the fire six times at least so uh they're coming up this weekend. Obviously, they're playing a uh, big division rival in Cleveland uh, with this Cleveland Browns defense, which is kind of yanking them through to their own 6-3 and record at this point in the season. This uh, has obviously great ramifications for the AFC North leadership because you know Baltimore are currently on top at 7-3. and Winner of this goes 7-3 as well. So now you're talking uh, about a team putting itself in position to get the first round by in the playoffs. Potentially, there's a lot of football to be played, obviously. Um, but I mean, I think this one, like Cleveland, are a tricky team to to be confident to bet on. I think like the the defense is outstanding; it's the best in the NFL. Um, but at the same time, the offense is going to put the defense on the field a lot more than you would you would want because they're turning the ball over. Deshaun Watson isn't still like I mean. I think last week was a pretty good uh, personification of what he's like, you know, terrible in the first half and pretty, pretty damn good in the second half. It's just a lack of consistency and you can't rely upon that for a $230 million quarterback. So that, that kind of says a lot here. So I think the the the, safe, the the way to think about this logically is that the, the Steelers will struggle to put some points on the brands who have their tails up and are playing at home. Um, but I think I'll be looking... I've been. I've lost a couple of times on the over-under in a Cleveland game because they've had some games where they've shut teams out and not put many points on themselves. But they've also had other games where the total points scored has been in like the 60s or close to the 70s. But I don't think that's going to be one of these games. I think the under 37.5 is the best way to look at this particular game, given the, the stuff on show. And I think the Browns will be looking to shut up shop and, and just get this one over the line uh, against like a big division rival and to put themselves in the driving seat in the AFC North. So I think the under is the way to go, and I expect Cleveland to win. Mike,
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with with any of that, really. Um, and I think I think the big the big thing here for for um, Pittsburgh is that they're doing they're doing this. They're six and three without much offense. I mean, they run the ball pretty well, and and last week they they showed that. Uh, to but I don't know what you know. Kenny Pickett really seems to be out of sorts in everything except maybe leadership. Um, which is kind of like a reflection of Tomlin. You, you look at the, the Steelers, and they don't they don't surprise you much with you know anything they do schematically or tactically or something like that. They just they just try to execute it well and, and play play good defense. And, um, and And I think that's kind of what Cleveland. Are are about right now, you know, uh, but they have the added the added sauce of of Deshaun Watson creating a couple of plays a game with his feet, if if not with with the pass, and and that that to me is the edge the edge on uh, on Cleveland, and I kind of agree with John, um, the, with the under on this one.
0: Uh, the <laughs> New York Jets take on the Buffalo Bills at nine twenty six. Mike five to two about the Jets. The Bills are three to ten. Uh, six point five is spread. Forty points is the uh, over under. Uh, we kind of think this might be the games guy thinks they might go Brooklyn John you think they might do books 49ers they might do Seahawks Rams who knows there's only three of the late games this one to me is the one that has the most appeal because like the the Bills as we said that they're in trouble the Jets are capable they've Aaron Rodgers supposedly coming back so the Bills really need to uh, I mean we sort of said about the Ravens need to cut this shit out the Bengals need to cut the shit out the bills need to really cut the shit out. And now they've sacked their offensive coordinator despite the and I'm not going to go through all their statistics, but their statistics are good. It appears as if the problem is Josh Allen is throwing balls. He shouldn't be
1: that's there's a certain amount of truth in that. you know, the, you could look at a couple of plays. um one of the one of the interceptions he threw he threw basically a sideline pass where there was double coverage. and and the reason of was yeah. double coverage was that the, the um underman had dropped back and left cook all alone and standing in the flat so if he just tosses the ball to cook he's got five yards plus whatever he gets before that under guy comes up and tries to tackle him but instead he tried to jam it in between two um, on the sideline between two defenders and and that's something ken dorsey can't really cope with but um i think he misses he misses a stable hand um stable hand (laughs) this isn't a racing podcast um we have
2: them
1: yeah i know (laughs) but um the thing he's gone back last year and this year to trying to make plays downfield and use the strength of his arm to do that and what to me seems more interesting and maybe more dorsey's fault is they've gotten away from the from the designated running plays for him his run run yardage is, is less, I think, than half of what it was at the same point um, last se- season or, or on course to be, um, and that to me was part of the reason why the Bills' offense worked better because it, it added an element for the defense to have to to consider. And taking that away has been has been a problem. But they needed to go more, I think, to their their secondary receivers. So, you know, not digs, not not Davis downfield, but, but, um, uh, Kelly Shakir and, uh, Kade, you know, who were, who were running, running the other patterns because that's where there's going to be people open. And so maybe that's a Dorsey problem or maybe not. I, I like Joe Brady a lot. He was Burroughs offensive coordinator at LSU. Um, and then I think spent a year with the, with the Panthers. And he was someone I suggested last year would be a, possible hire for the Patriots to get somebody from outside their organization in as an offensive coordinator, or, or at least a quarterback's coach. Um, But the bill snapped him right up. So um I, I agree with you. I think this is all this is really a must win game for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. um yeah and i don't i don't think the jets are looking at must win you know real realistically because there's too many ways for for them to to throw their game away and and although their often their defense is is good is decent and especially up front they're not that good you know they held las vegas to 16 points but you know that's las vegas and um so i i like the bills in this um Six and a half for the Jets at even money is there to tempt you. But you know, if it's not a touchdown, I'd I'd avoid it. Um and uh the over-under is at 40 still. Mm-hmm. It was yes, it was yesterday. Yeah. So you know, the over-under at 40 is is again, that's pretty well set. but I, I'd probably go, I'd probably go over on that. Um, yeah. Although you're, you're probably not going to get much help from the Jets, but you, you know, defense is still a problem for the Bills with Milano and Jones out, you know, and so I'd probably go over on that. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Just one win, John.
2: One very quick thing to add to that one. I agree with the. I, I would go over on this one as well potentially, but just just listening to Mike talk about Josh Allen and how sort of his game has adapted this year. Every year he's been in the league, he's been the leader in throwing interceptions. So like that's going to you know show up in the stats or in the the game scripts eventually obviously Uh, and the other thing as well like talking about the the Jets defense this week like is uh, I'm not actually I haven't looked into the Jets too much this week I assume Sauce Gardner is fit and there's not many players who are better at getting interceptions in this league than him so I think that's a little interesting battle to see they'll obviously put him on digs or, or or something like that so we'll see what happens there that could be a huge huge factor going into this game
0: yeah, there was a, 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 a Dan Orvalowski. Is that is that how you pronounce his surname? He was uh, he does Pat McAfee's show and he does some <laughs> stuff on the NFL Network. He was on Twitter and he was on uh, McAfee, and he said that the, that the thing with the Bills is is that you um, they're very easy to read. You know, if you watch their tape, and then when they get into the lineup, it's quite obvious what they're going to do, and maybe that is why the offensive coordinator has seen you know the door. To be honest, because so many interceptions obviously from Josh Allen but also like throwing into as you mentioned double coverage and other run and run game not getting going so yeah. Let's see how they get on, but they do need to to get the finger out. They can He's- still easily make the playoffs. Like you know,
2: it's- if, yes. they, if they if they uh, lose this one, they they've got a losing record on the year after 11 games. Like that's, they would, that yeah. would be unheard that would, of. That would be bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Olavsky a Connecticut guy. I don't know if that makes him smarter or not. But oh, well,
0: you're <laughs> in. Okay. Right.
1: the um the other the game. I mean, San Francisco Tampa is going to be an interesting one, and Tampa's getting a lot of points there. But you know, I, I thought it was kind of weird that everybody thought that San Francisco should give McCaffrey the ball to give him the touchdown to break Lenny Moore's record. Because this is Christian McCaffrey we're talking about. And why do you have him on the field when you're when you're already up um by such a big what was the margin at that point? 31 points. You're up by Quite 31 bad. points. You're going to risk injury so that he can break a record that he's already tied. You know, I don't know. It's it's to me the, it's bad karma um for for the Niners. But um the game that always has ramifications is any game with the Rams in it. Um, for, for obvious reasons, and um, they're coming off a bye against Seattle. Now, you know Seattle is kind of looking at a situation where, um, if the Niners were to lose and they were to win, they would be in first place in the division. You know, right now, they're they're both six and three, and the Rams have a secret weapon now that they've signed Carson Wentz, so they're they're playing at home. Um, well, is that secret par- weapon? Is yeah. it
2: Carson Wentz? <laughs> yeah. Is it, it a secret for this podcast as well?
1: <laughs> Carson Wentz is is ready, is rested and ready. And oddly enough, the Rams are getting only getting appointed. They're home dogs, but only by a point, which I think is a certain amount of disrespect to, to Seattle. Um and I'm I'm not quite sure why. I mean, they had trouble with Washington last week, um, but they still were able to pull that out, and I think. You know, offensively, the Rams are probably a better team. than Washington, regardless, almost regardless of who's a quarterback, but um, but defensively, Washington's a better team than, than the Rams are. So, you know, I, I kind of like Seattle
0: um, at the Rams. You know, um, is, that, is, that, is that going to be you know, your best bet, Mike? Because you're going to have to no, it's not. About it. When I say when I say
1: kinda, when I say kinda, it kind of eliminates it. Right. it from <laughs> yeah, being your best bet, kinda.
0: You, You guys need to think about it. I'm just going to take a moment uh, to remind everyone once again, it is a safer gambling week. So please do gamble responsibly uh, this weekend and every single weekend. And we are going to do the best bets. Sunday night football. Well, we'll be quick because we are running out of time. Who wants to do Vikings Broncos? And I mean, super quick. Give me 30 seconds on it.
1: Uh, this this could be the one where the the Vikings five game win streak comes to an end because I don't I don't know how they cope with Russell Wilson's sudden addition of mobility to ev- yeah. to everything else, um, and so they're getting they're getting to only two and a half. So you know I kind of like Denver in this one as well.
2: John, I, I agree. I agree with Mike. I think yeah we, maybe we owe Sean Payton and Russell Wilson a little bit of an apology, and I think they will continue their their little mini revival they've been on the last few weeks here.
1: A little, a quick recap of last week's results. Do it. Do and it for, for the second time in two week, in three weeks we were three for three on our, we on our best bets. We, you sound John, surprised. You sound surprised, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, given the rest of the season I am, um, John had uh, the Indianapolis New England game under 43-5. And Did I about, make that one? Was that, was that a close one? <laughs> just
2: about, <laughs>
1: just
0: that, about clicked.
1: He, he had that one a bit covered. Um, and uh, Kieran had uh, the Dallas New York Giants game over 38-5, which the Cowboys covered all by themselves. Yeah, that's uh,
0: right? what they do. They're so, flat bullies baby (laughs) they are
1: and i had the lions um giving a point and a half to the chargers and the lions managed to come up with a late field goal to win that one by three so i squeaked that out but that means that uh on the season on the season now um i am one game ahead of the two of you's um, after after ten weeks. That's so I'm okay. what are, what are plenty you, time? six, got are
0: you plenty six time and four. Make? I'm six and
1: four and you two are five and five and five. Plenty of time to
2: make it up. Pretty good. Yep. I'm going No losing the records anyway. No Buffalo Bills potentially. Mike, over you here. can go you can go first then.
1: No, um, let John go first because I've, oh, okay. I've got to figure out <laughs> what it
2: is. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. I'm going. Um, I'm looking at the Houston Texans Arizona Cardinals game. I think we have uh, on on the bet fair. We have four and a half point favorites for for the Texans. I think they easily easily take that one. I think uh, CJ Strat is playing phenomenally. They put up a bunch of points in their last few games. And they're the Houston Texans are at home. And if you look at their schedule so far this year, they're doing very they're putting a lot of points on the board in their home games. So I expect that to happen. And I think they're they're good enough. This Houston team is good enough to beat a poor Cardinals team by, you know, more than four and a half points, to be honest.
0: And and of course, if you want to put that bet on, you need to go over to on the bet fair.
2: Yes, that's isn't that isn't that what it's called?
0: That's what we call it. Yes, yeah. yes, the bet fair. Uh, Mike, I'm going to let you go second because I yeah that, am a that's, gentleman. A, that's
1: okay and I, I was torn between I'm right, it's okay uh, John John almost just talked me out of going under on that Houston on that Houston um, Arizona game oh. which is which is 47 five but I did have a backup plan which is to go under on Seattle and the Rams at 46 and I think that's the one I'll take in the end um, and yeah I, I I'm happy with that.
0: Okay, um, I'm going to take the uh, LA Chargers uh, to beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, minus Ooh, three points. Um, <clears throat> uh, again, the Chargers are are the tease team, as we all know, and another heartbreaking loss uh, about their third of the season. But uh, they, if they have aspirations to get to the playoffs, which I don't think they will make the playoffs, but if they have aspirations, they really need to start winning these close games. Um, and I, a field goal, is a push? Um, I think they'll win. I think they'll win by more than three. To be honest, so minus three. Yeah, absolutely. They have like if they are going to get going, they need to start getting going. Um, and as I said, we said at the t- start of the show that being unlucky becomes a habit, and uh, you know, you yeah. need to break the habit. Yeah. yeah. One
1: one thing I forgot to mention earlier is that coming off a bye week, as both Philadelphia and Kansas City are, Andy Reid is twenty seven and four in his career. Coming yeah. off by, coming off buys, uh, give him an extra week to prepare, and he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. He's
0: yeah, sits in his Hawaiian shirt and drinks a few beers and makes plans. That's what he does. Eats he, a do here. A a few, <laughs> a few Every dogs. week's a bye week in the O'Connor household. <laughs> <laughs> and, with that. and
1: and what do you think about Montreal plus seven point five in the Great Cup?
0: Yeah, yeah, we 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 yeah, we don't cover that, Mike. Unfortunately, yes,
1: you, do. That's you not on the it? Betfair? It's on the bet fair. That's where I got. The, that's the where Betfair. I got the spread. It's on the bet fair. <laughs>
2: right.
1: I mean, Winnipeg is easily the best team in the in the CFL, and seven five, 5
0: may not. What be time close. is this on at then? What for the people out there if they do want to that, watch?
1: That that's a good question. I'm not sure where it speaks. <laughs> but any,
0: they don't even show college games anymore. Anywhere. So, like Canadian football matches. Nineteenth of November, that's Sunday, and it's at eleven o'clock. So it is that? So if you do get a stream of it, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are one for the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. I want to say it's thirty-one to ten. It's an eight point five spread now, Oh, No, it's gone up to eight point
1: five. Yeah. So the money, the money hasn't been coming in on on, uh, on Montreal. They... And we
0: we expect a high score,
2: forty-six point five yeah. is the well, current well, over under. It should be going What well, would you expect from Canada's game of the week? You know, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Alouettes know what they're doing. Um,
1: Alle, <laughs> yeah, les Alouettes.
0: Uh, Alle les Blues. Uh, thank you so much to you, Mike Carson and to John Bob for joining me on this uh, cracking episode of NFL Only Better. We will be back next week to review what happened in the Eagles, Vikings, uh, Eagles, Eagles, Chiefs game, not the Eagles Vikings game, um, and much more. Uh, and of course, the Thanksgiving games are just around the corner. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As I said, enjoy the weekend. Gamble responsibly. Thanks for listening.